0: What's going on everybody out there in Sharks Territory Happy Friday Eve It's a late Thursday evening here In San Jose, California Where I'm coming to you live right here This is the Shark City Podcast, I'm Aaron James Thank you to everyone Hanging out on the Instagram Live Rory Jean, what's going on? I see you, I hear you And to the rest of you out there On Facebook, Twitch And YouTube all right, so uh, today's episode is one of the final two episodes for the 2021-2022 season. And um, I think it's appropriate to do it following one of the final two games of the season. So tonight's episode will feature reaction to the Sharks' final home game, the new threads in San Jose, and the one one three. Yeah, I got you all covered. Today. But first the current, as just mentioned right now. The San Jose Barracuda have debuted a new sweater dubbed Blackout. This is the CUDA's first stealth version jersey copying older brothers in NHL. Um, a lot of fans have mixed reaction mixed feelings about it. I'm a little conflicted myself. I must admit it um, first and foremost that the first thing that I noticed that stuck out to me was the whole shoulder pad. I mean I don't know about some of y'all out there, but you know my my you know I bleed till and sometimes um that could give me you know, Maybe passion, passion that blinds. But um, you know, I love the stealth jersey. I know a lot of people out there do not like the stealth jersey for the Sharks, and I think that this um, adaptation is pretty chill. I the first back to what I was going to mention earlier. The first thing that I noticed detail was the shoulders. Now I don't know about you out there, but back when the Sharks had those like black shoulder um, colorings and the teal when they're on the road um, I know a lot of fans out there were kind of you know iffy about that they're on the fence I personally kind of dig them I remember when they had the uh, numbers on the front of the sweater but a uh, long story short back to what's current now the uh Barracuda kind of you know this this stealth version or excuse me black out jersey that kind of reminds me of the um you know that first Reebok edge jersey that the San Jose Sharks adopted anyways um the other noticeable feature of course uh, most obviously is that the logo the crest is not on the sweater they actually have the words Cuda. so that that's pretty chill I mean I know there's a mixed reaction out there some people thought it was kind of um mimicking other clubs out there that use a diagonal uh lettering to, you know, say their city name or their team name. Um, I thought it was cool because, you know, it could have said Barracuda, right? They they went and they just shortened it out for Cuda. I thought that was chill. Um I do kind of agree that it's a little less impactful. I would have had liked to see the Barracuda on there only because there is no other um there is no other uh, main crest. There is no other CUDA logo on there. The um, shoulder pads have been replaced, or excuse me, not replaced, but the shoulder pads feature the um, original, or essentially the same as a self jersey, being the original um, secondary logo of the Sounds of Sharks, the fin, everyone's favorite secondary logo. Anyways, um, so that's the one thing that I kind of wished. Was on that jersey was the Cuda logo somewhere. Um, I bel- I'm sure. I, if I'm not mistaken, it may be in the back by the AHL logo. I may be mistaken, but um, nonetheless, uh, the third, I guess, or fourth. I'm losing count at this point. Um, noticeable feature was, of course, the sponsor patch on the front by the shoulders. So the for those of you out there who are unaware. Um, much like the NBA, the NHL jerseys will start to uh, have sponsors patches on the uh, sweaters. And uh, those are set to roll out next season. So from my understanding, it's optional whether or not a team wants to participate. Um, Where I'm a little blurry, where my information is a little lost in is whether or not it's to participate in actually using a sponsor patch at all or is it optional to use the sponsor patch for the jerseys that they sell to the fan base kind of like the warriors here in the um in the bay area anyways um so we kind of get a first taste of what's going to look like you know this whole future of the uh you know national hockey league pardon me and <clears throat> it looks like the american hockey league as well uh, some of you out there might say hey you know what uh the Cuda." Have had a sponsor patch in the past. When they had their all orange jerseys. Um, I guess if you want to technically count that. That's true. The Barracuda. I, in a way are their sponsors. They kind of. I feel like they're a parent company. So. Um, this obviously Tech CU. Being the sponsors of the new arena. Already being dubbed the Reef. For Dakota, um, It's an obvious choice. So it makes you think. If. The obvious choice for the Sharks, if they decide to utilize, um, you know, this same patch next season, will be uh, SAP. So, you know, maybe it's a spoiler alert. Who knows? Anyways, overall, I think the jersey's pretty chill. It's uh, nice to get away um, from the orange. It's nice to get away from um, the secondary logos with the SJ. Uh, It's it's nice to implement the whole. thin alternate logo and I think it's also promising because this is going to be the jersey that they wear when they open up at the reef their first game next season Um, but I guess the biggest thing that I would say that kind of makes me like pay a little bit more attention and a little bit more exciting is uh, the fact that the orange is gone and that that Kuda secondary uh, logo or their main logo is not on the shoulders and it's Exactly the same, like the sharks, that secondary fin logo, the infamous one. It makes you wonder if the sharks may be closer to transitioning back to their old school look. I don't know. Um. So in the comment sections and in Instagram, Rory Dream, what's going on, man? Thank you for uh, interacting today. We have. I wish they made the barracuda logo more realistic. I agree. That's the one thing that. I kind of uh, my my biggest I guess um, pet peeve with it is it is a little cartoonish. Um, it would be nice for it to be a little bit um, more on point. And you know what? Who knows? They've been a, they've not even been around for ten years yet. They are probably bound to have um, some sort of a revision in the next couple of seasons. And we're already seeing it with with the logo just being taken off completely and getting the lettering uh, down the chest. Anyways, uh, so that right there is pretty much current. That was released today. thought that was pretty chill. It's giving us something to look forward to next year as uh, the Barracuda already finished off their season. And, um, you know, I'm pretty interested. Again, I mentioned this in the previous episodes. I definitely got to go check out the bar behind the, um, the goaltenders. Um, that's going to be, I think that's going to probably be the most unique experience because uh, for someone like me, like a rec leaguer uh, or a beer leaguer, some of y'all out there call it, um, you know, that's something that you kind of get to see on a regular basis. Uh, you know, you get to stand behind the rink, uh, behind the glass, and whether you're playing ice or um, in line, such as myself, um, it's it's unique. It's nice to be able to get like up close while you have essentially, you know, A beverage in your hand. Anyways, um, so I'm looking forward to the opening of that um, farm. I'm not going to lie. At first, I was just kind of wondering if moving the CUDA out of the tank is kind of a bigger signal of the sharks um, considering relocating from the downtown San Jose location. And um, that thought right there seems to be kind of like random but again um, most recently and we're not going to really go into it but just f- covering it because it's related to sharks most recently they're starting to bring up uh, downtown projects again at the shark tank and how it may affect uh, the future of accessing the or accessing the building and they had them um, hosted some uh, candidates for you know city mayor and um, you know they kind of give their spiel uh, quite frankly I'll be 100% honest with you. You know, I didn't really put too much thought or spend too much time into that whole story because personally, I believe, um, you know, it's, it's bound to happen regardless. It sounds like sharks are set for a renewal of the lease term that includes 40 years of yearly, uh, or excuse me, of like month to month rent essentially. And, um, I, I think I said this on a previous program, you know, if you're just on the Sharks, um, would you rather, you know, rent a city-owned building or would you rather own your own building and, you know, perhaps build another one somewhere else? We'll see. You know, they said they're dedicated to the location, et cetera, et cetera, back and forth. But um, that was the biggest thing for me, uh, the farm being that, you know, maybe the pro team has to relocate just in terms of having to update a building. Uh, maybe a more accessible building we'll see how that goes being here in the bay area but um also you know it was also like in my opinion kind of like all right hey the Cuda, at least the Cuda are going to stay here in the city like you know that'll kind of be like the trade-off because just like our neighbors uh, it's kind of a common theme here a lot of pro teams don't play in the city that they um you know are, are representing um i hope that doesn't happen and that's as much as I want to speculate and as much time as I want to spend on those thoughts because it's very real. It's very real, um, you know, just the idea that the Sharks may be uh, headed out of town, uh, regardless of what's going on. This has been a realistic um, a realistic situation um, back in like 2015 when they did the, the renewal back then at the tank. Uh, their, their lease terms, that is. Anyways... Uh that's kind of a dry topic, but, you know, it's worth mentioning considering it's the end of the season. So, you know, we're going to be spending the next two episodes reflecting while also staying up to date. And um, speaking of up to date, let's get into the uh, NHL standings. So for those of you who are, you know, pay attention to the Shane Wright sweepstakes, Salzy Sharks are currently ranked 11th. Worst team in the league. The 11th worst team in the league. Um, we have one more game. The The worst we could do is 10th. Okay. We have 76 points, I believe. Um, And, no, 77. That's right. 77 points. And the team right below us, the Anaheim Ducks, have 76. So the worst the Sharks could do is 10th. Uh, worst, which would give us, you know, the 10th overall, which would increase our odds n- not so much, uh, not as great, you know, as Montreal, who now seems that they're going to be the ones that own the number one overall draft pick. Arizona found a way to uh, mess that up. <laughs> Anyways, oh man, Arizona. Praying for Arizona and, you know, the whole ASU situation they're getting themselves into next season. Anyways. But um, back back to this whole uh, draft lottery thing. So the Sharks are going to be in a prime position, regardless if they win tomorrow or not, against the Seattle Crack in final game of the year at the climate at the Climate Pledge Arena. Pardon me. Um, and regardless if they win or not, it's, you know they're going to be in a position where uh, the draft lottery rules would permit them to jump ahead to that first number one overall um, draft selection if they win the lottery so you know there's still a chance Is all i'm trying to say um while we're on the standings joe thornton's is set to win another president's trophy how about that jumbo joe thornton and the florida panthers are already being declared they are there's no one else is going to catch them they have one more game left in hand at 122 points they are the president trophy winner Man, that's amazing. I'm really rooting for these guys to get the um, cup only because uh, Joe Thornton has been bouncing around for a while, you know what I'm saying, trying to find that team. He's, you know, trying to find that team that's going to help him raise that Stanley Cup. Um, You know, legends like Ray Bork, you know, they, they had... The unique opportunity of an era that wasn't uh, affected by a salary cap didn't exist. <laughs> and, um, you know, they join one club and that club goes and they raise a cup and a legend, um, you know, who spent his entire career in the game finally gets, you know, the taste of victory out of the cup. And, um, yeah, you know, nowadays that's so much harder to do. Uh, he was with Toronto. And now his second you know, second stint. And I'm very well aware that Joe Thornton was more of a healthy scratch more often than not um, with you know, the Panthers. But bottom line, um, president trophy, number one team overall in the league. Joe Thornton is on his best ride since probably when he won the president's trophy with the Sharks to winning the Stanley Cup. So uh, congratulations to Jumbo Joe Thornton, and congratulations to Florida Hockey, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, not too long ago. I mean, I know it's still a tradition, you know, the whole rats thing, but um, yeah, Florida Hockey in general. uh, They've turned themselves around. Uh, Tampa Bay with their back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, and um, now Florida about to be awarded the President's trophy. Anyways, let's get off of that. This is the Sounds of Sharks podcast. But, you know, it's nice to see it's nice to see Jumbo Joe, you know, um set up nicely. Nice little package going on into the Sound of the Cup playoffs. Anyways. Uh, hopefully they dress him throughout the whole entire series. Um, you know, however long they stand there. Okay, so uh, you know, we're gonna move on. We're gonna start getting to sharks related things. Uh Sounds these sharks just Tonight, uh, they dropped the game that they otherwise had complete control over. Um, Evander Kane and the Edmonton Oilers best the Sharks again. They're playoff bound. Um, actually, their playoffs were secured, ironically, with an Evander Kane hat trick. So, um, you know, our division rivals are headed to the show. Um Noah Gregor, homecoming in Edmonton for Noah Greger, and he scores two goals 29 seconds apart. So, you know, the um, best shift he's ever had in his career, saving it for game eighty-one of the season. Um, prior to that, as we work backwards here from the last time we got together, Sharks lost their final home game in uh to Anaheim 5-2. Uh, a lot of us were hoping to see guests laugh, but he decided to retire at home. I believe I mentioned that last time we got together. Um, but the irony about this is that even though it was Anaheim Ducks game, a lot of the media, a lot of a lot of the uh, so, a lot of social media, a lot of the media personalities out there, a lot of the broadcasters, they were still riding the wave of that Vegas Golden Knights victory in the shootout, and. What's funny is the fans certainly were as well. So if you haven't seen it by now, now I'm not going to translate it or decode it for you, but if you haven't seen it by now, um, the SAP Center was trending over the past couple of days due to this cryptic message that was sent. Now the official word is that this was sent through a fan this was submitted by a fan and the initial impression was you know they were kind of you know fumbled by it um but long story short here is is that um you know the message essentially had just told the hockey world exactly what i won't say everybody even though most of you out there might relate to this uh individual fan who did this. But um long story short is you know um Sharks Territory pretty much sent a message out to the hockey world exactly what they think of the division rivals as they were eliminated from the playoffs. And um that's about as much as we're gonna see from that. Anyways, um if I'm not mistaken, the individual has been quote unquote identified i'm not even going to go into it i don't know i honestly will tell you that i don't know who did it uh, i didn't bother because the way i see this in my business it was pretty funny <laughs> it was pretty funny at first i was thinking a uh, little uh little tasteless little little classless not as uh, jim halpert says in the office it's not classy that's not classy but um you know it, it's all fun it's all fun in games i understand the sentiment you know what i'm saying um. You know, Sharks fans, we have a deep rivalry with the Vegas Knights. And, um, you know, I get it. Let's cheer against Vegas, the NHL's golden child, who's never experienced an offseason without first competing in the playoffs. So, you know, this is the first time in their history, their short history that they have, that they are not going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I also understand that for a lot of us, especially... For fan bases um, where they've been following their club and they have yet to even raise a Stanley Cup, let alone you know reach the final more than once in a thirty-year period, I can understand how frustrating it is to see, uh, you know, the new kid on the block make it in their debut season, inaugural year. Um, so you know, I I understand. Uh, what i don't understand okay is um the love story between the fan bases of la and dallas okay now i get it this is a social media thing as far as we're concerned most of this is being a uh, trend you know made trending by bots we'll see what happens uh, someone just acquired a social media site and supposed to clean it up. But a uh, long story short is, you know, it kind of felt like a campaign kind of felt like a way to make teams that are on the verge of being eliminated from the playoffs or excuse me, the verge of clenching a playoff berth or those such as ourselves who are not involved in the playoffs, Uh not even the playoff picture. You know, it seemed like a good, a good way to, to have some fun and kind of be, um, I'm just going to call it how it is, you know, relevant, you know, toward the end of the season. Um, And it's cool, you know, it's fun, but what I just don't understand, what I just don't understand is this whole, like, Sharks fan bases, like in love with the whole Dallas fan bases in love with the whole LA King fan bases. I mean, I don't know. This is just, you know, again it's just me but the way you know maybe i just love sharks history too much you know maybe i'm just a sign of you know my age who knows anyways but um you know for me the way i see it is like you know when people are like um oh we're all you know a lot a lot of stuff that was training was like we're all sharks or "We're all stars and i just don't understand it like you must have forgot about madonna or hole or eddie the eagle These guys used to be our greatest rivals, consistently the nemesis who ended the Stanley Cup playoff dreams for the likes of Nolan, Richie, Marlowe. Now it's like, we love you for adopting our ex-captain. I mean, only on social media will you see a Bay Area and a Dallas team share a love story. And apparently only in the world of hockey, because I just don't get it. That's almost like a staple of sports rivalry, California and Texas teams. The LA Kings is the most curious of them all. I mean, how many times do we have BLA chance? I mean, you know, the whole SoCal NorCal thing. I mean, those are like some of our greatest rivals. Now I know Dallas, not so much because, you know, they've, you know, due to alignment and all that realignment, you know, they're not even in our division anymore. And a lot of the rivalries that I am speaking of or referring to are once upon a time ago, right? But, um, long story short is, you know, for a fan like me, I, I really, you know, I hold dear that history and those rivalries. And I know that Pavelski's on the team, and I know that we got this little, you know, hoorah, you know, uh, get together, you know, um, to cheer against the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, but, um, a lot of stuff kind of took it too far out there. I don't even get it, but you know, there's like some mashups out there and it's just kind of like, what is this? (laughs) Anyways, I'm done. I'm done. That's my soapbox for today. I just don't get it because to me, again, uh, as far as I've known, as as long as I've been a fan, LA Kings and Dallas Stars are some of our biggest rivals. So, I I don't imagine, you know, holding hands with those fan bases and, and, you know, and, you know, cheering and singing together I I imagine you know they're being contested um, you know uh, a rivalry anyways I don't know maybe I'm just old fashioned anyways um, so let's see uh, Bog Boogner we're going to end the program on this note so Bog Boogner spoke to the media this morning prior to the game against the Edmonton Oilers. And um, he had some comments to make about some of the improvements that the team has um, had and uh, some of the systems that he's had in place and how he felt they worked out. So uh, let's just go ahead and take a listen uh, to that for just a quick second here.
1: Well, obviously, I mean, I mean, special teams. Our penalty kill is, I believe, it's uh, second in the second in the NHL right now. Uh, we've always had a strong penalty kill, but I think especially this year. And like knock on wood, we got two games to go, and we're facing the hell of a power play here tonight. But uh, um, you know, I think uh, um, a few things have changed in our structure. Obviously, uh, um, I think we, uh, uh, you know, our goaltending's better. Let's let's be honest. I think that uh, um, you know, my first two years, I don't think we could get to the end of season and say that we're very happy or or we're uh, you know it's an area that improved I thought this year that was a strong area for us uh, for the most part Um, you know I think the way we defend I think we defend a little harder than uh, we have in the past I think we're a more physical team Um, you know we've we've gone uh, um, a couple months go over to the uh, to the 113 which has helped us uh, deny a lot more entries. Sometimes that makes you play in your end a little more because you're forcing a dump, and it's not as clean on the breakouts. There's there's good and bad with it, but I think that was a good change. Um, you know, again, I just think that uh, um, we got to find a, t- a way as a team to uh, to score more. That's all. It's a strong system. It really is. I think it. Uh, um, you know, there's obviously a couple ways um, you know, we could even get a little more aggressive in our one one three too, and that'd be something we can work on. Um, you know, in in the training camp. Um, but, uh, yeah, we it, it, for our team, it seems to uh, to suit it right now. And I think it keeps the same games because we know we don't score a lot, um, you know, and it helps us, um, you know, other teams aren't coming across the line with full possession. It's uh, it's uh, not maybe sometimes as pretty some nights, uh, but it's effective for us.
0: All right, so that right there was um, Bob Booner earlier this morning speaking about well, you know, first I want to react. I want to react to his comment about uh, his first two years and not having the goaltending. I mean, ouch, right? <laughs> Talking about taking a shot at Martin Jones and Aaron Dell. And, um. hey, it's true. It is what it is. I mean, you cannot argue with the fact that, you know, seeing the outstanding service that James Reimer has put on fourth for Sharks territory. I mean, it's night and day. And he's definitely, in my opinion, the Sharks' most valuable player. If I'm not mistaken, he was awarded the Media Good Guy Award. I mean, what's up with that? I mean, we must be the media bad guys because uh, I just found out we we're being censored. But um, you know what? That's a whole other story. But back to the point. I really wish that they would stop handing out these like um like participation awards at the end of the season. I mean some of them make sense, but like the media good guy, come on, come on. Like when I think of good guy, I think of Chucky. Anyways. But um back back to the point. Um Buchner was speaking about how, you know, essentially, you know, he didn't have the goaltending that he felt that he needed in order to, you know, uh be competitive. So Uh, That's, you know, I mean, that's true. It's true. And um, when he started to mention about his system, he started to mention a system uh, he referred to as the 113. And, um, you know, when I first heard that, I was honestly like, what the is that? What is the 113? Um, So obviously when you're at full strength, not on... A penalty kill or a man advantage, and you are not having an extra attacker with the goaltender pulled. You know, your five skaters out there, your one, one, three refers to a formation. Um, And it could be for anything. So I'm not going to act like I know hockey systems or I am strategic. I'm just simply going off of what I've learned from being a gamer. (laughs) <laughs> from from twenty years of playing NHL, a career video gamer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but not lightweight. I'm mean, I a little serious. Um that's the one thing about um video games, which I'm pretty sure most of you out there are aware, of, is uh, they can teach you a lot of things about the game, um, in terms of like strategies and systems, etc and um I just remember, you know, growing up, um I've always heard of strategies referred to, you know, okay, again, uh the number is typically it, it goes in terms of the position on the ice so 113 one, the way he's saying it or the best way to to picture or to put a picture for you it just be one forward um kind of being the aggressor another forward like in the middle behind him and then three people in the back essentially three defenders two defenders with one forward back there like guarding the blue line so um you know the strategies the line are the way you know the uh the four check or the defensive strategies is usually um you know it, it's all about alignment and how they attack the puck or where they try to push the puck carrier or how they you know etc et etc cetera, et cetera, right so for this one uh the one one three would be a four check right and I've never heard of the one one three I've heard of a one two two I heard of a a one three one I've heard of a three two so I had to look it up. Like, what the is a 1-1-3? One, one, so a 1-1-3 one, one, is a neutral zone forecheck. check. Um, so obviously, as I mentioned, it's a forecheck. check. So um, again, you know, the biggest feature being that there's three defense. There's one forward joining the two defensemen. And, you know, essentially you have three guys playing down low, three guys playing D. Okay. Uh, again, when it comes to like the breakout, essentially what you're hoping for is um, the defense, are you're, you're you're essentially hoping for one of the fours, most likely forward number one, the one that should be you know nearest the offensive uh, blue line, or our highest, if you will. So if you had the three guys in the back, the forward on the top, not the one in the middle, on this one-one-three lineup, you know you you'd be trying to feed that guy, you know, uh, leading passes on the rush, etc. Um, you know, for the neutral zone four check, forwards one and two would attempt to funnel a putt carrier toward two defensemen. Okay. And uh, by the way, I'm getting all this, this information that I looked up is from the coaches site.com. All right. Cause again, I've never heard of it. And apparently this is something that um the Islanders, the stars and the lightning have been using and kind of made it a little famous, and the whole bubble hockey thing in 2020. Um, and apparently, um, Barry Trotz was the most famous one, famous coach for using this. Um, so you know, let's so, you know just learn a little bit uh, with each other, without like dissecting it and getting all analytical, and you know, try to break it down and paint the picture. You know, um, over over this video or. Audio, however, you're enjoying uh, the program. Whether you are again live on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, excuse me, Twitch, or YouTube, or if you're enjoying the audio version on your favorite podcast platform, um, not live, anyways, or not currently. Point I'm trying to get at is this: is um, essentially you have like one guy attacking and one guy like in the middle, and then you you're dedicating a forward to playing defense, and that's your strategy. Three defenders, one one like guy, um, one one offensive player, one forward, you know, uh, pushing pushing, you know, forward, and then the other guy kind of a cushion between the three guys. So long story short is like, um, you know, you heard Buhner admit like, you know, it doesn't look pretty, and that's probably because it doesn't generate chances, or you know, if those two forwards that you have placed up on the one one three if those two forwards fell to pressure the puck carrier toward two defenders on the weak side or et cetera, th- then you're going to, you're going to get ran all over and, and you can see it. You can see it sometimes. So, I mean, that that's crazy because like the sharks are never like with the one, one, three formation, you're essentially like never truly ready for like to, to create an odd man rush. Cause you always have only one forward, like pressing, pressing forward. Trying to create, you know, an, an opening or create an offense, and the other guy kind of just being the mediator between the guy in the top and the three, in the you know, behind him. Anyways, so the, the reason the reason I'm spending so much time on trying to break this down or trying to even um, make it clear for all you out there who are uh, listening right now is because if this is his system, if this is his system, and they're sticking to it. Now on this program, we already know Bob Bugner isn't going anywhere next season. He's going to be a Jose Sharks uh, head coach, and you heard it just just right now from his own mouth. He's talking about how he's going to keep that system next going into next year. Um, so so what you have here is essentially you have a system that is not going to really do anything to generate or contribute to uh, to offense that much. I mean, you have three guys dedicated down low, and it's it's kind of concerning. Because what I'm getting, the message I'm getting is that the Sharks hockey is going to be more or less the same next season. Anyways, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm just, I'm just a guy watching. I'm just a spectator. I'm just a fan. But, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. If you only dedicate one forward, um, you know, pushing forward and another guy in between uh, three defenders, it, it's not going to, you know. It's not going to make for the best competitive hockey, and um, yeah, I mean I'm just going to try to move on from that. Um, But honestly, it's probably the reason why the Sharks are 28th ranked, 28th overall for goals for in the league. That's fifth worst in the league. So when you're fifth worst, okay, only four more teams in the in the whole entire league. Are worse than you at scoring. And then you have your head coach saying how they like this one-one-three system, and they're going to continue to try to tweak it and improve it and be a little bit more aggressive going into next year. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, I really hope we're not getting more of the same. I love Bordalo in the lineup. I love how Scott Reedy is scoring goals on a regular basis. And, you know, I look forward to the likes of, you know, Gushin who, you know, D- Daniel Gushin, he says that he doesn't mind if he plays for the CUDA or not. And that's a great mindset because chances are they're going to leave him there, especially when you have the reef opening up. You got to have all of your young talent um, on that Cuda, so people could go to those games. You don't want an empty uh, uh, reef, right? Anyways, so my concern is, you know, if this system stays the same and you know essentially like it's just going to try to improve on something that they've been doing for like the last three years uh, i'm a little worried like is that what's going to be when it comes to like you know um game day lineups uh you know scratching the guys that are contributing the most or you know like like for example like leaving dalen out of the lineup for extended periods of time anyways i don't know i don't want to end on on a on a sour note but um yeah, I mean, I am excited for the future. And I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is I'm concerned that if they're going to have more or less the same, then we'll have more or less the same next year where our future isn't really playing a big part in our team. I mean, I know a lot of you out there are, are thinking about, like, Alex Barabanov getting a deal. I mean, the guy is set to make $3 million yearly. I highly doubt the Sharks are going to sign him. And then, you know... Unless the sharks are seriously willing to like embrace this young uh, talent pool that they have, and you know really like build something for the future, they're going to have to ask themselves. And obviously, this is going to really, uh, really be up to the new GM. Is um, you know if contracts such as Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, and Mark Edward Vlasic are worth keeping? Uh, I almost guarantee within the next two years. Those names, if not all of them, at least one or two of them will be on that trade block. So, yeah, um, we just might have to do this one more year, guys. We just might have to do this one more year. One more year of, you know, just trying to figure it out. Playing the 1-1-3 one, one, and, you know, um, just setting the stage for twenty. 23 2024. I don't know. I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to be a cynical or whatever, or or, you know, a a downer, but it's a little concerning. Okay. Anyways, um, and I think that's pretty much it. I think that's pretty much it. Everything I wanted to react to, um, we were pretty good today 40, a little bit over 40 minutes. Um, yes. Or Eugene in the Instagram live comments. At least there's baseball. True. Yes. You know what? Um, I normally don't like to refer to talking about other sports on here unless I have to make analogies. And sometimes I don't like doing that because it's like, why couldn't I make an analogy in the sport of hockey? But I actually went to my first uh, baseball game just a couple of weeks ago. Like my first ever Major League Baseball game. And uh, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Anyway, so yeah. Um, just really quick here before we uh, sign off for the evening. Um, so I've been mentioning this is going to be this is one of the last two podcasts of season one of the Shark City podcast. Thank you to everyone out there. Thank you to everybody who's been listening um, live on our social media platforms. Thank you to everyone who um, who's been listening on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. And, uh, you know, everyone from coast to coast of the United States to those who are overseas and uh, everyone in Canada, thank you very much for, you know, um, know, being a fan and supporter of the Shark City Hockey brand. Uh, Please, if you have a, a Twitter account, our facebook account obviously if you're watching on instagram you have an instagram account (laughs) but if you have those two accounts uh check out our page at shark city hockey give us a follow give us a like and uh, make sure you have your live notifications turned on on instagram and on youtube and um you know check us out on twitch too We, we be gaming it up regularly but long story short is this um this is one of the final two episodes will most likely do our episode Friday evening following the uh the cracking game and um if not you know we'll probably get together this weekend for sure to close out this season but um before we react to the 82 games that was the 21 2022 20, season i would like to end this episode leading into the next and you all know that i appreciate y'all out there i uh, thank you for being along on this journey with us and um even though the season's over and we're closing off our final two seasons of covering the 2021 2022 season got some things in store for you for the summer uh, don't want to say too much but essentially um you know gonna try to do what we've been doing this season on a regular throughout the off season so with that being said i'm aaron james Thank you all very much. You could check out every episode of this season of the Shark City Podcast that launched January this year, 2022, on our website, sharkcityhockey.com. So until next time, I'm going to end the program as I always do with Let's Go Sharks. Good night, everybody in Sharks territory.